Hey, everybody. How's it going? Thank you so much for wrapping up your week with us. This is your Friday edition of Fantasy MLB Today, which is, of course, a sports ethos presentation. My name is Joe Orico, and I'm your host. You guys can hit me up on Twitter at JoeOrico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. Hit follow over there. You get these shows Monday through Friday, my articles, which go out on the weekend, and any other Twitter content that I put out there. All my fantasy baseball stuff goes out on the Bird app. So go ahead, hit me up at JoeOrico99. Today, we're going to be doing a pretty standard show. I know yesterday we had a guest on, so it was a little bit different. Once again, thank you to Frank Amarante for coming on. If you didn't check that one out yet, we talked a bit about the Blue Jays. We talked about Vinny P., Julio, Bobby Witt. We talked a lot about rookies. We talked a lot about the MVP voting this season. Uh, Some other baseball questions like the trade deadline we talked about. So go ahead, check out yesterday's show with Frank. Today, we're going to revert back to our typical standard look back and look ahead. So we'll talk about some of yesterday's top performers. We'll look ahead to a couple of today's matchups, and then we'll get you set for the weekend. We'll talk about some guys you can be adding in every category we will discuss to give you a little bit of a boost this weekend. Now, there is some overlap between categories, ERA and WHIP. There's a bit of overlap there. So some categories we will group together, but we will discuss all 10 of the standard league categories and see if there's anybody on your waiver wires that can be added for a bit of a boost this weekend. Going to start off looking back at some of the top performers from yesterday. Obviously, Michael Perez is going to be the top of that list. He hit three home runs. He went four for four. He added in a base hit, uh, scored three times, knocked in five. There's not really a fantasy move to be made here with Michael Perez, even with that great game yesterday. He's still batting 169, six homers, uh, 11 RBIs. He has been getting fairly regular playing time, so maybe keep an eye on him. But he's there's no move to be made right now on him. Uh, Patrick Wisdom had a crazy game. He went three for six, two home runs, six RBIs. And he stole a base. Really phenomenal stuff from Patrick Wisdom. He is someone who can be a bit of a deeper league kind of guy, give you a bit of a power boost. He will bat for a shitty batting average, but he can give you a little bit of a power boost. His teammate, Christopher Morrell, also had a crazy game. He went five for five, three singles, a double, a homer, scored three times, and also drove in a couple. I've enjoyed rostering him since I added him probably three or so weeks ago. He's been able to be a fairly steady five-category contributor. We haven't seen so many steals recently. But he's now homered in back-to-back games. He's giving you a good batting average. I like Morrell. He's also eligible at a few different spots. You can get him in at second base. You can put him in at third, and you can have him in the outfield. He's only 52% rostered in Yahoo leagues, and because of the multi-eligibility and the four-and-a-half, five-category contributions, Morrell, for me, is a really strong add. Should be already added from a couple weeks back. I know people got kind of tired of him. Uh, a little bit of a downturn there for a while. We weren't seeing the home runs and the steals, but he's definitely someone who can have you, I think, 12-plus team uh, value going forward. Justin Turner is the next guy we'll talk about here. He had a couple of bombs, scored a couple times. He also had a base hit, knocked in three runs. I'm not really ready to give up on Justin Turner. I know a lot of people have. He's still rostered in about 71% of leagues. I think that he's starting to turn it around. I mean, he's been showing us he's been starting to turn it around here. Plus the lineup that he bats in, I don't have too much trouble holding on. I know that some people in maybe a 10-team league might have found some better options on the waiver wire. They're rotating in a streaming spot or what have you. I personally would not be giving up on Turner yet. One of the best, probably the best lineup in baseball over the last couple weeks. He's ranked inside the top 50. I would just give him a little bit more time to turn it on. Let's talk a little bit about Ramon Laureano. He hit a couple of home runs, knocked in four yesterday. He's only rostered in 27% of leagues, and I think that he's still someone who can have value. I know he's kind of bounced up and down this season. Since he came back from his suspension, there's been times when he's been very good, times when he's been kind of shitty. 
overall with that kind of power speed combo i'm looking to add him if he's available i think he's a good stash odds are he'll be traded at the deadline to a better location with better lineup around him i think like i said uh, if you have the space and you can stash him then i would be all for it let's talk about a couple of pitchers now there we'll maybe talk about some position players again later but let's transition into a couple of the top performing pitchers from yesterday so, believe it or not, uh, the top-performing pitcher from yesterday was probably Yusei Kikuchi. Not what we were expecting. I know he was dropped by a lot of people, including yours truly, in the one remaining league where I did hold out a very deep league. He was dropped uh, after his last start. I would have dropped him on Monday. And who could have expected this? He bounced back, and maybe it was something to do with the coach lighting a bit of a fire under his ass talking about his uncertainty going forward, it might have made him say, oh, shit, we need to uh, to correct some things here. So he went six innings, struck out eight, gave up one earned run, one walk, only gave up four base hits. It was his best start going back at least a month. I think that there's probably not much reason to hang on to Kikuchi, to be honest with you. If you're in a very deep league, if you're talking like a 15-team league with deeper rosters, I can maybe see it. Strikeout numbers are typically there, but... I, I don't have a ton of faith. Maybe this is the start of the path correcting, uh, but even if it is, I'm 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 willing to miss out on it because I don't think that he's really, you don't really need to use an ad. Certainly for this week, when I'm assuming most people have limited ads left, probably one or two remaining for the weekend. Now, maybe you go out there and you add him ahead of his next start. I believe it's projected to be against the Athletics at the Coliseum. So there could be some could be some value there for sure. Let's hold off until next week. We'll see a bit of a clearer picture of who's going to be starting, what the week will look like in terms of two-start guys, because he, I don't know. I really don't know how to feel exactly about him. I don't love him. I like this kind of outing. Oakland is definitely enticing. If it is a two-start week, perhaps, then we'll be adding him, but let's wait until we have more info next week. Joe Musgrove had himself a very nice game against a tough Dodgers team. Went seven innings, gave him five hits, three earned runs, struck out ten, I saw a Cy Young list. Someone put together a, a like top five in every. I can't remember who did it now, but like top five AL MVP, NL MVP, NL Cy Young. When I, and Musgrove was not in the guy's top five for Cy Young. I don't understand. I think he's definitely going to be a, in contention. He's coming off a terrible start against the Phillies, but he definitely corrected the course here. Definitely someone who is going to be in the Cy Young conversation should he keep up what we've seen to this point. No reason for me to think that he won't. Aaron Nola had himself a bit of an up-and-down game. He still ended up getting the victory. He did surrender four runs. He did strike out eight, and he is also going to be someone I think that falls somewhere into that Cy Young category. Was planning on bringing on uh, the Sports Ethos Wagering team this week. I think we're going to do that next week. Just got a little bit uh, crowded with the schedule here. Coming back from vacation, I was just a little bit behind on uh, on planning guests ahead of time. So we talked with them about coming on. Uh, I want to make sure I can bring on the whole sports wagering or the sports ethos wagering team at the same time because I don't want to just do one here, one there, one. There. I just kind of want to get all of them, pick their brains, maybe get them into a couple of fights depending on the topics I throw out there. So we're going to hold off, but I definitely want uh, someone to deep dive with us into the Cy Young races, and I think we're going to do that next week with them. Uh, someone who will not be in the Cy Young race, despite a very nice outing here, is Kyle Hendricks. He went six innings, gave up seven, or sorry, struck out seven, gave up two earned runs, six hits, walked one. 
Uh, ERA is still at a very unimpressive 4.76, but that's back-to-back good starts. Granted, uh, I mean, against St. Louis, that's very impressive. Cincinnati, not quite so. But we've seen the strikeout numbers have been very good from him these last four times out. We've seen 7, 6, 6, and 6. The previous four were 1, 1, 3, and 2. Definitely some kind of turnaround there for Kyle Hendricks. Still not someone that I think needs to be worried about in standard leagues. If you're in a deeper league, perhaps you want to take a chance on him. For me, there's not really... uh, not really much reason to. Uh, let's just go over some guys who hit home runs from yesterday. Now, won't go so much into a deep dive on them. But Derek Hall, uh, in his second career game called up by the Phillies, he did hit two of them. He had two home runs. I know some people were talking about it on Twitter, saying that he was going to be a very interesting pickup over the fab period this weekend on the NFBC. I know that there's some interest. This is definitely going to make people a little more interested and drive the price up a little bit for me. I don't know that he's really that essential of an ad. If you're talking about on Yahoo, he is only eligible at the utility slot. That's not great. That's really handcuffs you in terms of where you can put him in the lineup. I'm just going to be leaving him alone, I think. I understand some people are really interested in the next big thing. If you're talking about a deep league, then sure, if you want to, go ahead. I don't think he'll have too much value. But if you're in a very deep format and you want to give yourself a little bit of a short-term power boost, then I think that he's fine enough I don't think that he's really essential to be honest especially when you consider the eligibility Tommy Pham hit himself a home run looking to see him get traded at the deadline possibility there for sure Teoscar Hernandez three for four he had a home run a single double and a home run yesterday he has picked himself up in these last few games of the last four there's three of them with multi hits Jack Sawinski hit himself another home run he is up to 13 low batting average but he is driving them out of the ballpark so if you do need a bit of a power boost Definitely an option there, especially if you're talking about a points league. I like Sawinski. Joey Votto, he went three for five. He had himself a home run. Love me some Joey Votto. You guys know this. He also has three of the last four games have been multi-hit games. I don't know that he's necessary if you're talking about a 12 or a, or a 10 or a 12 team league, but if you get into those deeper formats, I like Joey Votto. I think that he can, I'm like We've talked about it yesterday with Frank a little bit. First base is a very crowded position. There's players who have eligibility there that if they were eligible in other places, they might be a little bit more valuable. Uh, Joey's one of those guys, I think, just because he plays first, it handcuffs you a little bit for fantasy purposes. He's a fine, I think he's a fringe 12-team guy, uh, right on the edge, and anything deeper, I'd be happy to have him. Uh, Andres Jimenez, he hit a walk-off home run yesterday. He got kind of screwed, I think, in the American League uh, all-star balloting. I'm pretty sure the finalists are Altuve and Santiago Espinal. I love Espinal. Don't so much love Altuve, but we've definitely seen uh, an all-star worthy season from Jimenez here. Hopefully he gets added in as a replacement of some kind later on. Uh, Nick Castellanos hit a home run. He avoided his first homerless month in, I believe, seven years. Uh, He hit one yesterday. He struggled a little bit. You'd expect a higher batting average, and you'd expect more home runs. Definitely not what you thought you were getting where you drafted him, and I don't think the Phillies are terribly thrilled, but certainly uh, happy that he hit a home run yesterday. No moves we made on Castellanos. You kind of just have to hold on. I wouldn't be opposed to trying to sell him, maybe, but you're not going to get much of a return back. I'd wait until there's a bit of a hot streak and then try and sell him if that is your plan. Uh, Speaking of Santiago Espinal, he did hit a home run yesterday. He was two for four. I really like him as a second baseman. We've talked about him on the show multiple times. Second base is a pretty thin position fantasy-wise. 
You're talking about a guy who's only rostered in 36% of leagues, who's provided uh, borderline top 200 value. He's hitting home runs this year like we've never seen. He's stealing some bases. He's hitting for a fairly high average. I think that he's a great little guy you can add for second base help there. Let's talk about a couple more home run hitters from yesterday. A couple of Seattle Mariners went yard, Dylan Moore and Julio Rodriguez. Dylan Moore, I wish that he could hit for a decent batting average because the steals are lovely. He does have 10 steals on the season, but he's batting 168. He's unrosterable, unfortunately. I had a lot of faith going into last season and had to drop him. Not as much faith this season. I didn't have any shares, and uh, if you do have any Dylan Moore shares, he can definitely be dropped. Julio, there's not really much to talk about. He is a complete stud, like we said with Frank yesterday. Probably going to be a first-round pick in redraft leagues next year. I could see him maybe slip into the second round, but I think he'll be somewhere, like I said on the show, probably between the 10 and 15th uh, player off the board in redraft next year. Uh, a few more home run hitters, Adam Duvall, Reese Hoskins, Kyle Schwarber, all went yard yesterday, Elvis Andrews, Anthony Rizzo, Michael Harris for the Atlanta Braves. He's batting 325 through his 31 games, four steals, four homers, seven doubles. Decent chance he'll be rookie of the year, I think. A lot of people talk about O'Neill Cruz as being a potential for rookie of the year. He also went yard yesterday. He's only batting 214. I know it's just 11 games, but he's only got the nine hits so far. I know people are very excited about what he can do in the future. What we've seen so far has been okay. He's been all right. Those home runs, yes. Uh, throwing the ball very hard across the infield. Very nice. Yes, like 96, 97 miles an hour. I don't know that he's as good as we might think he is. I still think he's someone you should be holding. Don't get me wrong there. I think that he's definitely going to have fantasy relevance. I just think that we've overhyped him a little bit now, and then whatever it ends up being, we're going to kind of be disappointed. Uh, he'll be a decent power hitter with some steals. Uh, I think, and I, I don't want to be misunderstood. I don't think you should be dropping him or anything like that. I just, <clears throat> I think we've set the bar very high for this kid, the fantasy community and the baseball community. And, he was added, and I've talked about this a couple of times, like in 80% of leagues immediately scooped up. You don't see that off the waiver wire. 78% of leagues. You don't ever really see someone get scooped up that much. Vinny Pasquantino, who is just about as hyped up, 34% rostered. Yes, we're talking about first base versus shortstop. There are a lot of differences, but it definitely stands out. Uh, and I'm not sure exactly what to make of it. I just thought it was worth noting that I, I don't think that we're going to see O'Neill Cruz perform as a top 100 type of player this rest of the season. Like, I think he'll get somewhere in, like, the 200, 250 range for him, which is still very fine for someone you're picking up off the waiver wire. I just think that we've maybe set our uh, set our sights a little bit high, thinking we're going to have, like, a 300-plus hitter with a 2020 season or something like that. I don't expect it. Uh, I've said this before on the show. I've said it on Twitter. I prefer Alec Thomas. I think Alec Thomas has already come up and established himself a little bit more. If you can only choose one of them, I know different positions, different situations and everything. I would I would choose Thomas there if given the choice. Might be considered to be a bit of a hot take, but that is my take nonetheless. Going to talk a little bit about today, and then we will talk about the futures. There's a couple of matchups that I'm going to be keeping an eye on here. So Trevor Rogers and Josiah Gray is the first one. This should be an all right opportunity for Trevor Rogers against Washington. Last time he faced them, he went five innings, gave up six hits, two earned runs, and struck out five. He has been 
maybe not the biggest fantasy disappointment, but certainly right up there anyway with a 586 ERA, uh, 31 walks in 63 innings. He has not been what you expected out of someone who was nearly the rookie of the year last season. I've dropped him in a lot of cases. I think that there are better options out there. I think that you can use the spot for streaming. That's my advice. I think that a lot of people have still held on, hoping that we'll see a return to form. But with the strikeout numbers going down, the walk numbers going up, lack massive lack of control we've seen from him. That is the main reason for concern. Uh, he's been someone that I have moved on from. If he's available and you want to stream him in here against the Nationals, I'm fine with it. Uh, let me just check his roster percentage real quickly because it's it's it fluctuates quite a bit, Trevor Rogers. He gets added, he gets dropped. Uh, right now it's at 59%, so he is still available in some leagues. Wouldn't be adding, expecting any miracles, though, even though it is the Nationals. Uh, Josiah Gray on the other side, we have seen a very good version of him these last few times out with good strikeout numbers. Even There was one game with four mixed in there, but other than that, we've seen nine, six, nine. Very good strikeouts these last few times out. Level of competition has not been so high with Cincinnati, Miami, uh, Philadelphia, and Texas, but he gets another fairly uh, substandard team here in the Marlins. I like Josiah Gray. I don't think that he should be available in any redraft leagues at this point. He is 63% rostered. What he's shown us over the last month is a 1.13 ERA. Like I said, uh, the standard of opponent has not been so high, but he's still someone who should not be available in any leagues. Uh, a couple more we'll go over here. Corbett Burns and Ronzi Contreras. This one's kind of self-explanatory. I think both of them are absolute. Well, Burns is a no-brainer, must-start. Contreras, I would also be starting here, despite it coming against the Brewers team, who they're kind of hit or miss with their lineup. Sometimes they go off, and we've seen it a couple times recently. We've seen 10 and 9 and 8 run games over the last week. They really got to the Blue Jays with a couple of high-scoring games. A little bit hit or miss as a whole. They're 11th in runs, 21st in hits, 23rd in batting average, 16th in on-base percentage. I like Contreras. I think that I was a little skeptical coming into the year because you kind of just need to be really good to have fantasy value on Pittsburgh. He started 10 games, or sorry, he started seven games, appeared in 10, only got two wins despite some very good ERA numbers, 2.76. Walks are a little high, and therefore the whip is a little high. But overall, I like Contreras quite a bit. I think that he's a strong start here. Corbin Burns, don't really need to get into it too much. He should be one of the top performers of the night against the Pirates. Look for him to go into double digit for strikeouts here. Those are the main ones that I'm keeping an eye on. Blake Snell and Tony Gonsolin is also interesting to me. Blake Snell, he's going to be a sit for now. I want to make sure uh, he doesn't become a drop because there's a chance that he becomes a drop. And I know some people have already dropped him. Roster percentage for him is a little bit too high, I think. Uh, having Just hold on a second. I'm pulling it up here. Uh, we're looking at 67% rostered. He's gone down 7% over the last week. Haven't really seen those strikeout numbers. They've been fine, but not the Blake Snell kind of strikeout numbers that we've expected. Last year, he had 170 in 128 innings. I'm going to be sitting him here. Going to be a wait-and-see approach going forward of whether or not he's even worthy of roster space. Tony Gonsolin on the other side has been one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. Obviously benefiting from that great lineup, having nine wins in his 14 starts. But you can't take stuff away from Tony either. 1.58 ERA, 0.85 whip. He's only given up six homers in 74 innings. Now, playing for the Dodgers definitely helps in terms of not losing games, getting those wins in there. But it doesn't really matter for fantasy purposes. Uh, Dodgers are favored to win tonight. 
I would expect it to happen. I'd expect Tony Gonsolin to get his 10th win of the season. Those are the games that I'm going to be really keeping an eye on. Not so much going to be keeping an eye on the White Sox and Giants. It'll be coming uh, a little bit later tonight. I do hope and I pray that we can see a better Alex Cobb start. I mean, Lance Lynn as well. He has struggled a little bit here, but I don't, I don't really care so much about Lance Lynn. I know he's going to take a little bit of time to get going again. He's been back for three starts. They haven't been so great. Specifically against Baltimore and Detroit, you'd expect better performances there. Alex Cobb is the one that I'm really going to be focused on because I'm just ready to pull my hair out with Alex Cobb. He is so much better than what we have seen. He has been the unluckiest player in baseball, in my opinion, to this point of the season. Uh, it's hard to even say it's not an opinion. It's just kind of fact. Uh, he's got a 378 batting average on balls in play, which is absurd. He's only leaving 55.7% of runners on base. The league averages for those numbers, if you listen to the show regularly, you've heard me spell them off before. 300 is roughly the batting average on balls in play. It does vary by pitcher, but typically you're around 300. Uh, left on base percentage is typically around 70. We're looking at massive outliers for both of those numbers this season. One does relate to the other to some degree. The BABIP help for the batters has allowed more runners to come in. That is definitely a factor. Uh, he just is, had shit luck, and we're, I'm expecting it to turn around here. If you look, if you dig deeper into the advanced stats, strikeout minus walk percentage of 19.5. He's 90th percentile or better in ex-woba, in ex-slugging, in ex-ERA, barrel percentage, and in expected batting average. 32% on Yahoo, 20 on ESPN. Actually, it might have gone up. 32 is when I wrote that tweet out yesterday uh, for Alex Cobb. He is now looking at 34%. He's still available in pretty much not every league, but he's in two-thirds of leagues. You can find him on the waiver wire. There is no one else with that kind of upside who is just sitting there on the waiver wire. Uh, not even just upside, but just talent. We've seen the strikeout numbers go up this season. He's doing a lot of things right. He's just had a lot of bad luck. I wouldn't be worried so much about Cobb going forward. He's due for a big second half. He is due for some massive positive regression, and I would be adding him up. Guys, let's talk now about some players you can add in each particular category to give you a little bit of a boost this weekend. Try and focus in on guys who are rostered in less than 50% of leagues. Every now and then we might touch on someone who is under 60%, but that's going to be the general threshold, somewhere in that range. So Rowdy Telez, if he's still available on waiver wires and you need some home run help, he has hit four of them this week. He is a streaky home run hitter, and when he gets going, he can hit a lot of them. So he's four for his last 21, but all those four hits are home runs. 15 of them on the season. I like Rowdy. I think that he's a strong ad, regardless of just this weekend or not going forward. I think he can be a strong ad for you. Anthony Santander is another guy who is widely available. He's 40% rostered, and he has 14 home runs, three of them in the last two weeks. Odds are he will hit one out this weekend. Hard to predict exactly. I know people who try and predict every single day who's going to hit home runs. Some of them are better than others. I would say that over the next three days, there's a good chance that you see a Santander blast. So I'm going to be adding him there where I need a little bit of power help. Jack Sawinski, who we already talked about, he went two for three yesterday, hit a home run. He has hit five home runs in the last two weeks and eight in the last month. He is a very low-key kind of guy, 14% rostered. People like him, but in the redraft circles, not as much. So he's someone who you can go ahead and add, hoping for a home run this weekend. Daniel Vogelback, his teammate, is another guy who has decent opportunity to hit a home run. He's been playing most days recently. He has three over the last two weeks. 
Not going to help you too much in any other category, but if you're just looking for home run potential, he is definitely a guy who can be there for you. Let's talk about runs. There's a few guys who can be added for runs. I'm going to start off with Gavin Lux. He's scoring quite a bit recently. We've seen it slow down a touch over the last week, but he's still batting at a crazy high clip. He's eight for his last 22, 364 batting average on the season, 39 runs. He's stolen a couple of bases for you there, so he can also be a bit of a boost in that department. But for me, he's going to be a massive boost if you can find him on waiver wires in terms of your batting average and in terms of runs. He bats typically ninth in the order, so once he gets on base, assuming he does, and he has been recently, he has the top of the order there to drive him in. So great opportunity for runs and for batting average. Brandon Nimmo is another guy who can be added for a bit of a boost batting average-wise. Batting 400 over the last week, 8 for 20, and over the last two weeks, he is 15 for 46 for a 326 average. He's 278 for the season. He's the leadoff hitter for the Mets. Great opportunity for a bit of a boost in runs and in batting average. Wilmer Flores is the last guy we'll talk about in this category. He, over the last couple of weeks, has been pretty solid. I mean, he's not giving you so many runs, but he does bat at the top of that batting order. Guys who do bat in the one or two slot are going to give you a lot better chance of scoring runs. Or if we're talking about Gavin Lux, like I said, it's because the lineup turns over there. Now, Flores has only given you six runs over the last two weeks, but they do go into a series here over the weekend against the White Sox, a team that has been hemorrhaging runs and has had very suspect starting pitching recently. So Flores, for me, is a good add in the run department, also in the RBI department. We're going to talk about some guys now for RBI, but he is a decent add as well. He's given you 40 to this point on the season. So those widely available RBI guys, Reddy Telez, we already talked about for home runs. He's got 48 RBIs on the season. Seven in the last week, he can really give you a boost there. Josh Naylor is someone who I think is just eternally underrated in terms of fantasy circles. Been a bit slow over the last week, which is three for his last 22. But he is someone who can go out there and drive in a lot of runs. 16 over the last month, 41 for the season. He can also be a bit of a boost in the home run category. They are playing the Yankees this weekend you wouldn't really think of it off the top of your head, but Santiago Espinal has been a really solid RBI producer to this point. 19 over the last month. He has five in the last three games. He tends to bat in the bottom of the order, but there's usually a lot of guys on base for him, that middle of the order. Usually you see a couple of guys get on base there. Santiago can hit a lot of balls into the gap, and recently we've seen him hit a lot of home runs with four in the last month. He can be a strong add to give you a little bit of a boost there in terms of your RBIs. Garrett Cooper is the last guy RBI-wise we'll talk about. Haven't seen it so much recently, but 16 over the last month. They get the Washington Nationals over the weekend, a team that does give up a lot of runs. I like Garrett Cooper a lot more than the average person. I think that that outfield eligibility really gives him a strong fantasy game. You mix that in with the batting average, 315 for the season. Always been batting for a high average, Garrett Cooper, as long as he's been in the majors. He just hasn't really stayed healthy, hasn't been on the field as much as we would have needed him for that to really matter. I like him for this series this weekend. I think he can give you a strong boost. Odds are he'll, well, it's hard to say odds are, but he's decent chance that he'll hit you a home run and give you some RBIs this weekend. Let's talk about stolen bases now for a second. Jorge Mateo, who I know a lot of people, including Brad Johnson, who's been a guest on this show before, not a big Jorge Mateo fan because he kind of drags you down in the other categories. I tend to agree. I mean, if he starts hitting home runs more that we've seen, we a couple over the last week, if he can do that, then maybe we'll see some fantasy value out of him. But he's got 19 steals on the season. Of all the players who are widely available, there's no one out there who is as fast as Mateo. 
if you are a couple of steals down and you're really desperate to plug in someone who can possibly get you one or two this weekend, Jorge Mateo is about as good of an option as you're going to find. Eligible at second, short, and in the outfield. He makes a decent option there. I would say Miles Straw. He's one of the better overall steal numbers available on the waiver wire, but he just hasn't done it recently. He only has two over the last month, so I'm probably going to be staying away from Miles Straw. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, he's someone who I loved last year when he had catcher eligibility. Does not have that anymore, unfortunately, but he does have six steals over the last month, 11 on the season. He's not a great play for the other categories, but if you're just looking for a couple of steals, he can be a decent play there. Not too many guys for steals and not too many guys I want to go out there and recommend because, like I said, it's, it's a tough category to predict. A lot of guys who contribute in steals do tend to suck away the other categories. So Jorge Mateo, if he's available, would be my choice there. But if he's not, uh, it's not so, there's not so many great options available. Like I said, probably Kiner Falefa would be your best choice if you can't get to Mateo. A couple of guys who can help you a little bit in batting average. So Jaron Duran has come up and he's been scorching hot. And now he has had a couple of games off here. Not vaccinated, so he can't play in Toronto. So he did not get to play these last few games. Might have cooled him off a little bit, but he can still be added for a bit of a batting average boost. Should be at the top of that Boston order again. Uh, actually, they have a lineup today. He, yeah, he's batting first. They've announced the lineup. He's leading off again. I think that he's a decent play here if you're looking for some runs and possibly even some RBIs. Let's keep going with Luis Garcia for the Washington Nationals. There are a couple of Luis Garcias, so you have to specify there. He hasn't been much of a contributor in the periphery categories, only two home runs, no steals. But if you're just looking for straight-up batting average, Luis Garcia, he gets on base. He gets a lot of base hits. So if you just just for batting average, he's not going to do much else for you, but he can help you out there for sure. Andrew Vaughn is someone who's a little bit more rostered, but I think that he could be even higher rostered, 70%. If you're looking for a batting average boost and an overall uh, power lineup boost, uh, Andrew Vaughn is a solid add. Not too many guys that you really want to go out recommending for batting average as well because it's just a fickle category. It's very hard to say who is going to hit, who's not going to hit over the course of the weekend. We already mentioned Garrett Cooper as a decent option. Uh, Santiago Espinal is also a decent option. I've mentioned him a few times over these categories, but he's someone who can hit for like 270, 280. Gives you a lot of multi-hit games. Uh, decent option there. So those are the hitting categories. Now, in terms of the pitching categories, wins are a very tough one to figure out. It's not like you can just say, uh, this guy will probably get you a win. This guy. Sometimes you can predict with streaming a little bit who's going to get you a win and who's not. It is a very tough game to play. With that being said, we'll try and give you a couple of streaming options who can possibly give you a win this weekend. So George Kirby. A lot of people got sick of George after the Baltimore outing. He gave up four home runs. Obviously not ideal. His roster percentage is down to 51. They faced the Athletics this weekend, and Kirby, I think, will be a decent play. Only two wins on the season, but there's not so many great options available here if you are looking for straight-up wins. David Peterson is another option. He has been a savior for the Mets to this point. He's only 36% rostered. And he has a good chance of giving you a victory against the Rangers tomorrow. So Peterson and Kirby are probably my preferred options if you're just looking at tomorrow. If we're looking at Sunday, we don't have all of the starters announced. We got most of them. Uh, there's a lot of aces going, so it might be hard for you to stream pitching for a win. There are two options, though, that I think are going to be fairly viable. So Devin Smeltzer, he's someone who it is a two-step for him this week. Earlier, he got Cleveland. He went six innings, struck out nine. 
Unfortunately, he did not get the victory there, but he has a decent chance tomorrow going up against the Baltimore Orioles. He's a strong streamer. Haven't really seen much in terms of strikeouts other than that last outing. The previous starts, we're seeing three, 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 one, four. Not much going on there until this last outing. I wouldn't be adding him in the hope that there will be a lot of strikeouts, but you can certainly add him in the hope of a win-slash-quality start. He is a very strong option for Sunday. Chad Cool is the other option who I think is really solid. He's coming off of the best game he's ever going to pitch, I would imagine. A shutout at Coors of the Dodgers. He struck out five, gave up three hits. Obviously, no earned runs. Nothing going on there other than the three hits. He gets the Diamondbacks. Again, it's at home, and it might be pushing our luck a little bit to hope that he can do well here again. Diamondbacks offensively are 22nd in runs, 29th in hits, 29th in average, 27th in on base, 26th in slugging. Really, they don't do much. They hit some home runs. They're 12th in home runs, which might be aided by the course field appearance. I'm going to probably be staying away in a lot of cases, but if you're in a deeper league, if you're desperate, you do get desperate on Sundays. I think that he is a totally fine ad. I don't think that you should necessarily be targeting him, but if it does come down to desperation time, Saturday night, Sunday morning, looking for an option, he's probably going to be available, and he's facing a fairly poor offense. So I wouldn't be so opposed to adding him. He's 19% rostered. Can give you a bit of a bump there. I don't, again, I, I hesitate even doing this, but I think that he can give you a little bit of a bump. Let's talk about saves here. So there are a few guys who are available on the waiver wire who can give you some saves this weekend. There's not many, and saves is one of those categories like steals where you can pretty much close your eyes and throw a dart at the wall to see if you're going to get saves or not. But that being said, there are some guys who should be added in more leagues than they are. So Paul Sewold is only rostered in 51% of leagues. He's got three saves this week, six over the last month, and his ERA for the season is down to 2.83. He's done a very serviceable job out there in Seattle. Joan Duran is someone who definitely should be rostered in more leagues than he is. He's someone that I've had on a couple of rosters all season because of the potential. Uh, We saw him get a save earlier this week, and who knows with the way that they do things, but Emilio Pagan has been god-awful. Can't see him being the closer for too much longer. Duran is ready throwing fire with his great periphery stats, 2.06 ERA, 0.83 whip. He does have five saves to this point on the season, and like I said, 52% rostered. One of the better options you're going to find for saves. Uh, He and Paul Sewold are probably the two top picks. uh, Lou Trevino is someone who can give you possibly one or two. Uh, I wouldn't be banking on it necessarily, but there is a chance that Trevino can give you one or two this weekend. They Hard to really predict with the athletics, but he has gotten the last two save opportunities. He can be added. If you can get them, I would prefer Sewell or uh, Duran, but he's not a terrible choice there. If we're talking about the strikeout category, I'm pretty much going to just defer to the guys that I'm recommending for streams because I think if you're adding a pitcher, you're not really just going to be adding them just for the strikeouts and you know to hell with everything else. Unless you're talking about like Hunter Green, you just need strikeouts, and you're not really worried about the rest of the uh, rest of the line. Let's say you're already lost ERA for the week, and I know Hunter Green's not starting this weekend, but just he's just the best example that came to the top of my head here. Uh, if your ERA is already screwed, you're at like a six ERA, one point eight WHIP or something, and you're battling for strikeouts, then someone like that really will come in line, and you can just add someone for the strikeouts. 
most of the time I'm going to be looking for a more complete streamer. So tonight I've already talked about Alex Cobb. He's probably going to be the best streamer available there. Obviously, he has been seriously unlucky. So if he gets lit up, then he gets lit up. I think at this point, with the with the lack of solid starting pitching options on the waiver wire, specifically when you're not talking about like a streaming situation, if you're just talking about like a rest of season kind of guy, no one for me stands out as much as Alex Cobb, who is as low rostered as he is. He's someone that I'd be looking to add for tonight and going forward. I know Rich Hill has been added quite a bit. I think it's an okay option. The strikeouts have been pretty good these last few starts, but if you can get them, if you can get him, I would go for Alex Cobb. So I already mentioned those guys for the weekend, but we'll bring them up once again here. George Kirby and David Peterson on Saturday. And on Sunday, we have Devin Smeltzer and Chad Cool. Those are the guys that I'm going to be targeting for streams this weekend. Yes, there is a little bit of room to maneuver there. If you get one of them or you let's say you can't get one of them, then there is a pivot kind of option. Preferred, if you could just get one guy each day, I'm going Cobb, I'm going Kirby, and I'm going Smeltzer. Personally, that would be my choice. I'll put something out on Twitter later today as well, most likely uh, later tonight, breaking them down and seeing uh, from an advanced statistic point of view what we're going to be looking at there. Now, we've talked about guys on the waiver wire who you can add. Now, let's talk about some guys who have already been added. So the major ads for today, Rich Hill, we talked about. I'm not so thrilled about the prospect of him. Uh, Marco Gonzalez has also been added quite a bit. I think he's an all right option who's not going to give you too many strikeouts. Decent chance for a win slash quality start. And he's been very good over the last month. But the strikeout numbers are pathetically low for him. 47 in 81 and two-thirds innings. I like him all right, but uh, not a priority add for me there. Josiah Gray, I talked about a little bit. He's probably already rostered in your more competitive leagues at 63%. But if he is available, go ahead and add him. He gets the Marlins tonight. Should have probably added him in there when I'm talking about the Friday guys. He is definitely a preference for me, uh, along with Alex Cobb over Rich Hill. Uh, Chris Morrell, Christopher Morrell has been added in more than 3,000 leagues. We saw him get scooped up today. He's up to 52% rostered. He was, I think, close to 70 and then back down to 50 and up to 60. We've seen him bounce around quite a bit. Over the last month, he's the 56th ranked player on the backing of five home runs, two steals, a 283 batting average. He's done very well. I would expect him to continue to do fairly well. And with the positional eligibility he has, he makes a great fantasy asset. Uh, Juan Yepes, I love Juan. We talked about him a couple days ago. Uh, he had an offer in between there. And then yesterday, two for three again. He's jumped up to 39% when I mentioned him on the show. I believe it was Wednesday. He was 20% rostered. He can give you a nice power average mix, and that's something that you don't find too often, the mix of power and average. I think uh, when I was listening to Leading Off the other day, I think it was Bogman and the Welsh were on because Joe Pisapia was on vacation. They were talking about guys who have a 300 batting average and 20 home runs on the season to talk about that power speed mix. It's only Jordan Alvarez. Only guy who's got 20 home runs and a 300 batting average. It's very rare that you see someone who can hit for power and hit for average. We've seen that to a lesser extent with Yepes with his nine home runs, a 284 average. I would go ahead and add him. doesn't hurt that he's eligible at three positions, first, third, and in the outfield. A.J. Minter, he's been added quite a bit. He picked up a save the other day, and then they went to Will Smith. Uh, I think I talked about this on the show a couple days ago. It's going to be more of a platoon there. You kind of just picking your you're making a guess if you're picking he or Will Smith. Both of them I think are fine, but neither of them are really essential ads. Uh, if you're desperate for saves, then go ahead and add one of them. But it's 
it's tough to say on any given day which one of them is going to get the save opportunity. Uh, Alex Cobb, we've talked about at length. I think he's a strong add, 34% rostered. Brad Keller has had a bit of a rough going of it these last few weeks. He started off the season very well. He gets the Tigers tonight. I think that he is a deep league stream at best. Uh, I've kind of lost faith in him there a little bit. Trevor Rogers, we talked about. Uh, I think he's an all right streaming option. I'm not thrilled about the prospect of adding him, but I think that there's a decent chance for value here against the Nationals. Uh, those are the main guys we're seeing being added. A few leagues added up. Uh, Alex Verdugo, where he was available, he is still I mean, mostly rostered already. Uh, Merrill Kelly and Christian Javier have also been added. Kelly, very risky add here going into Coors Field. He's kind of hit or miss a little bit. He can give you a great outing or he can give you a terrible outing, I guess, if you're looking at uh, the way that the pattern has gone. Bad, good, bad, good. He is due for a good start here. Uh, the last start was a little bit rough against Detroit. I'm staying away, though, here against Colorado at Coors Field. Talk about some players who have been dropped for a quick second. Most of them are just guys who started yesterday, were added for a stream, with one notable exception of a guy who has been dropped who... It might be a little premature, but let's talk about some of the other guys first. So Graham Ashcraft, he's been dropped. He had a terrible outing against the Cubs. Adrian Hauser, he's also been dropped. Terrible outing yesterday against the Pirates. Both of these guys were probably the two top streamers you were seeing being recommended. I personally was going for Hauser. He has got some kind of injury. They're saying this might be just one of those phantom injuries. I'm not really sure exactly. Uh, you know, when a guy's going like shit, then sometimes they just make this kind of excuse up for them. Send him to the IL. Hopefully they figure something out. He did leave the start in the middle, but he was, like I said, not performing well. So hard to say exactly. I understand both of them being dropped. Now, Ian Anderson has also been dropped. Tough year for Ian Anderson. If you do have the space to hold on, I probably would. Uh, he is capable of a lot more than what we saw yesterday against Philadelphia. He got lit up for seven runs in two innings. He's still 70% rostered, and I tend to agree with the masses that he should still be rostered, but there was a drop. About 3,000 teams said enough with Ian Anderson yesterday, and they moved on. I understand, but at the same time, I'd probably be holding on a little bit longer. Uh, Kyle Hendricks, JT Brubaker were also dropped after their starts. Brubaker hasn't even been that terrible recently. I know I, I'm not a big JT Brubaker fan, but last couple weeks, uh, 18 innings, his last three starts, he's got two wins, 17 Ks. 3.5 ERA, back-end deeply guy. I understand as a whole dropping him, but I don't think you need to drop JT Brubaker. As weird as that sounds to say, I think he can have some deeper league slash back-end value. Guys, that will wrap it up for us for this week. Thank you to everybody who continues to tune in. Whether you were one of the original listeners or you found us along the way somewhere, thank you to everybody who's listened to this right now. We're going to see you again next week for standard Monday show. Nothing out of the ordinary is currently on the schedule. We'll look back at the weekend. We'll look ahead to the week that will be coming. I think it's week 13 for fantasy next week. Yeah, easy to lose track. Yeah, week 13 next week. We'll give you our typical rundown of the week. We'll do two-star pitchers, hot waiver wire ads, uh, schedule, advantageous schedules, all that fun stuff. I'll also be putting out an article on the weekend on Sunday. Haven't quite decided the direction we're going to go. It'll probably be uh, a most added, most dropped kind of players. Just maybe not quite so rigid, but we'll talk about 
some guys who've been added, some guys who've been dropped, uh, some fantasy advice on them, maybe some other random stuff in there as well. It'll be live on Sunday. We'll put it out on sportsethos.com. It'll be shared on my Twitter and on Ethos Fantasy BB. If you guys aren't following Ethos Fantasy BB, go ahead and do it. It is my child here. Well, this show is my child, but Ethos Fantasy BB is, uh, how are we going to call it? I guess a stepchild or an adopted child of some kind. Wasn't mine, didn't birth it myself. That honor is Dan Baspris's and Aaron Bruski, the the leaders of Sports Ethos here. This originally was their idea. I do feel as though I am the adoptive father at this point, though. So go ahead and follow my adopted children, both Ethos Fantasy BB and this show and my own Twitter at JoeOrico99. You guys can make me a very happy boy by just putting that five-star button or even a four-star button down on your podcast. All you got to do, it takes a few seconds, hit the five-star, hit the four-star. Below that, maybe just hold off if you're not quite satisfied. Tune in next week. We'll try and make sure we can boost up that rating. One little announcement we will make before we send you guys off for the weekend. Next week's guest will be the Welsh himself, Chris Welsh, one half of In This League and one half of Fantasy Pros leading off. He will be with us next Friday to wrap up next week. Not sure on topics just yet. We'll talk about some obviously some fantasy baseball stuff. Maybe we'll talk about some of the stuff that he has going on. Haven't quite figured out the direction yet. Maybe we'll throw a part of the stage to you guys, answer some of your questions that you uh, put out there. Really excited to talk to the Welsh. He is a friend of Sports Ethos going back to the hoop ball days, back before we had expanded out into football and into baseball. Old friend of Dan Vespers, along with Scott Bogman, of course, you guys know them, Bogman and the Welsh. They are known as the duo. Definitely interesting to get them separated. We do see Welsh separate on leading off every single day. He's been joined by Bogman this last week, though, with Joey P out on vacation. So I'll be interested to see them just one-on-one. We got Bogman on a couple of months back. We'll bring him back on eventually at some point. Uh, Very rare to see Bogman on his own, actually. You do see the Welsh do branch out here every now and again. Bogman's typically with the Welsh or another host. Had a lot of fun talking with Scott. We'll have a lot of fun talking with Chris next week. That will be Friday. We will wrap up the week probably. Hopefully, we'll go for like an hour with Chris. We'll talk about a bunch of different stuff. Hope you guys listened to yesterday's guest, which was Mr. Frank Amarante from the game day. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. If you haven't listened yet, check it all out. I'm rambling now, so I'll let you guys go. I hope you guys have a very successful weekend, whether it be head-to-head, roto, what have you. I wish you guys all the success in the world, and we'll see you back here on Monday. Cheers, guys.